Yes, folks, it's Thursday, it's 2 p.m. I'm Fred McMurray, which means this has to be, if I've done everything right, everybody and welcome to Pillars of Franchising. Jerry, good to see you. There we are. You caught me. I was on mute and I couldn't get back fast enough. Good to see you too, Elizabeth. You were on mute. It wasn't me this time, I'm very excited to say. I know, but I didn't start talking. I knew I was on mute. I just... (laughs) Ready to go. So Kristen, who is on her family vacation in Spain, Sends her love to the team and to the audience and said to say happy Friday Eve to everyone. Um, they took their daughter, at, all of their children, but it's for their daughter's senior trip who's about to go off to college. So she, she, she will be back in the saddle next week with us. But in the meantime, we've got Jerry on Word on the Street. Before we get to your Word on the Street, Jerry, I wanted to remind everyone we've got his segment coming later in the show if you have questions. From the audience, please call us at 323-580-5755. That is 323-580-5755. And he will do his very best to answer every question that comes through. Um, in other news, we have the magazine came out on Monday. We've got uh, Carolyn Thurston on the cover from Wisdom Senior Care. And she's talking about Wisdom Health Academy, um, which was fun because as a, as a pioneering woman in the industry, she is, uh, she paved the way kind of before COVID and the pandemic and the major worker shortage. She was already training her own workers and um, creating the, the talent that she needed for her business and her franchisee. So it's, a, it's an exciting issue, I think, and very timely. Um, and it's fun to interview someone who was sort of seeing it into the future without knowing what was coming. <laughs> So, Jerry. Elizabeth. What is the word on the street? You have some news for us this week. Oh, yeah, I have some news. But before that, I want to tag team what you just said. Uh, In addition to Carolyn being, you know, a phenomenal innovator and one of the first people on the scene in that that category, she and her husband, Charles, who run this thing, are the salt of the earth. They're the nicest people anywhere. And if anybody was looking for a franchise in that category, I would just say, talk to them because you can't go wrong. So that's you know, my little internal pitch for that group. Well, not only that, the another inter, a complimentary interview we have is with Patricia Miller, who started with Wisdom Senior Care as an entry-level worker and has navigated her way through the system with the help of Carolyn and her. And she was kind of in the beginning stages of the health academy, Patricia was. And she has worked her way from entry-level worker all the way up to franchisee. So she is now a franchisee in the Wisdom Senior Care System. So it's a great example of showing your employees a path and how you have retention in the long term. Because now Patricia is all in and she she ain't leaving. <laughs> no, that's right. And I, I love those stories. And the Thurstons are people that just make that happen with their franchisees. And Elizabeth, since we're talking about really positive things about franchising, that leads right into the word on the street. So for any of our regular listeners, you've heard me talk in the past about 
a gentleman by the name of David Weil, who was uh, slated to be the head of the wage and hour division at the Department of Labor. And this is a gentleman who had written a book, uh, very, very negative towards the franchise world. And uh, then he was going to be in charge of everything related to the franchise world. So, you know, IFA and a, and a variety of other groups, as well as tons of us as individuals were, you know, working with the senators and Congress people and things like that to make sure that that didn't happen. Well, we were finally able to get him voted down a few weeks ago. And just two days ago, uh, the acting administrator for that division, Jessica Loomer, was named permanent director. And Ms. Loomer uh, is very uh, pro-franchise. So she has, uh, she has met with the IFA many times. She has met with franchisees and even franchisors. So, you know, as opposed to many of the people in government, she actually has shown that she wants to understand the model and the groups that she's responsible for and making decisions for. So uh, I guess my little piece about this word on the street is she's very engaged. She seems to be very positive towards franchising and she's in a position of authority over some of the things that relate to franchising. So I think that's a very positive thing for the world of franchising moving forward for the next two or three years. So that is the word on the street today. That is outstanding news. And do you find that, or do you have the impression that she'll be approachable uh, going forward with input from the IFA and people in the franchising space? Yes, she's created a a direct conduit between IFA and her so that, you know, when she's considering things related to franchising, she can reach out to them. If there's things going on in the world that IFA thinks may be relatable to her or have something to do with, she, with what she's working on, uh, they can go the other way. And certainly franchisees or franchisors have that conduit through IFA. So, uh, and, you know, the government's so big and cumbersome, sometimes it's hard for us as smaller franchisees in the world to have a say in what's going on. But when these things happen, this is a very positive thing. So uh, that's what I wanted to get out there and let all of our potential franchisees and franchisees know things going on in DC and the future looks fairly bright for us right now at that level. So that's exciting news. So Jerry, if uh, if people are not as active in the, the IFA as you are, are you someone who could be a liaison uh, between the, our audience and the IFA and through the IFA to her? Absolutely. They can reach out to me anytime through Pillars. And uh, and I, this is a chance for me to say, if you are a franchisee, it is free to become a member of IFA. So take advantage of that because it opens up lots of educational opportunities, uh, daily uh, headlines from DC as to what's going on in the world of franchising. And it allows you a more direct path to talk to your representatives and people in government and so on through IFA. So Certainly you can use me and abuse me, but if you're a franchisee or a franchisor, take a look at IFA and and I think you'll be very happy. Great, good advice. And if you don't know how to do any of that or you need help getting started to use your voice, uh, feel free to reach out to Pillars of Franchising. You can go to our contact form on pillarsoffranchising.com. Up next, we have Sherry Rose. Kristen and I interviewed her uh, on tape before Kristen left for Spain. So stay tuned. Uh, We've got her interview coming up next. You don't want to miss it. Hello, Pillars of Franchising community. We are here with a very special guest, Sherry Rose. I'm going to introduce you before we get down into the questions part of the show. Um, Sherry is the CEO of Seller Service Brands. She is is an umbrella company uniting Restoration One, Blue Frog Plumbing and Drain, the driveway company, and Soft Rock. 
under one multi-branded service organization. Her focus is to provide exemplary services and outstanding results for Stellar with continued growth for long-term success and new opportunities. During her time as COO of Stellar Brands from 20 to 20, 2020 to 2022, her expert in operations, strategy development, and customer experience helped the company rapidly expand to more than 480 franchise locations awarded across the U.S. today combined. Today, Restoration One has become one of the fastest growing brands in the $210 billion property restoration industry, earning numerous rankings from Entrepreneur, Inc., Global Franchise, Franchise Times, and more. Prior to joining Stellar Brands, Sherry worked for ServiceMaster, which is a billion-dollar global business consisting of company-owned locations and franchise multi-unit organizations. For 15 years, she served in various leadership and support roles for brands including Terminix, ServiceMaster, Restore, and Mary Maid. She has a degree from Wheaton College in psychology, and she and her family reside in Waco, Texas. So, Sherry, you got a lot going on with these home services businesses, and there's a lot going on in the world with them as well. Yeah. Really busy, always in demand, which is why we love home services. Excellent. Well, welcome to the show. And I am one of those loving home service brands as well. And it sounds like you graduated just down the street, actually, in my territory in Wheaton. So um, nice to see you, a local face, even though you're not here anymore. So Actually, wait a far from home. <laughs> yeah. Well, that comes in handy in the winter, so that's good. Yeah. So tell me a little bit. It sounds like you spent a lot of time in home service sector, so to speak, um, especially with ServiceMaster, which most people know is a huge company, been around for a very long time. How did you first make your way into that category? Because often they're male-dominated industries, especially, say, like 20 years back. Mm -hmm. um, so before I was at ServiceMaster, I actually spent 13 years with Jenny Craig. And it was, at the beginning, it was a startup, and my 13 years was amazing. Um, loved every single minute of it, did all kinds of different things in the company. And from there, ended up as the chief marketing officer for Mary Maid. So not very male-dominated, right? So went from weight loss to house cleaning. So, um, But it put me in the middle of ServiceMaster and the other brands. Right. And that was really the beginning um, as, I, as I worked in service at Mary Maid. And then got pulled into the other brands. It really gave me just front row to all of it. And again, you know, Mary Maid's is certainly a home service, right? Um, and so it wasn't that home services were unique. It was just that they got more and more male dominated as I rolled through, right? All the right, way to right. Context. So um, I enjoyed every minute of it. I grew up, you know, my my dad was a welder, and so. Like we were workers, you know, and yeah. so do jobs where people are working with their hands or even it being dirty jobs. Yeah. That never bothered me. Um, funny, I can remember at Mary Maid's, we had to do research days twice a year. So you had to suit up and go out all day. Right. And it was the only time my kids could understand what I did. Like, oh, I get it. You clean houses. Like, right. other than that, they couldn't figure it out. So, um, you know, riding in a truck with a with a termite technician or going on a job at catastrophe, you know, those are all actually really interesting jobs. Yeah. Love action jobs and I love those. Yeah, I never knew that having a cleaning company could be so exciting. Um, <laughs> but it is. I'm like 
it's not glamorous, okay, but it certainly does a good job of paying the bills, and it gives you the lifestyle that um, so many people are looking for, which I think it makes, you know, some of those brands very interesting. And particularly right now, as people are looking to make transitions out of that corporate world, and you're now, I've started to hear a little bit more about some layoffs coming up, and things, which is really weird, considering where there's a labor shortage, and then some companies are starting to lay off. Um, do you consider the package, I'll call it, or the suite of franchises that you have to all really be kind of lifestyle brands? I do. I mean, I really, people are unique, and it depends what, where they are in their, in their life and what they want to do. Mm-hmm. But common across the, ones, the brands that we have, you can be local in your community, Right. So no matter what, if you want to be local in your community and serve your community, you can do that in various ways. It just so happens the emergency brands are Restoration One and Plumbing. Yeah. You know, and look, there's nothing. People look at Plumbing and they're like, ah, you know. But you know what? Plumbing's an incredible company. Yeah. And it has it's an emergency service. It has incredible margins. It has challenges as far as getting enough people to work in that industry. Sure. But you can't get more essential than that. And so yeah. I love that. I think it depends what you want. If you want to serve your community, these are great options. Yeah, yeah. And you kind of have a dichotomy going because you've got a couple that are more emergency-based, and then you've got the other two that are not. So if the lifestyle that you want is that fast, exciting, you never, never know what's going to happen emergency <laughs> side, then you can choose that. But if that's not your jam, right. you want a little more predictability and, and control over your time, then you've got the other two that are generally not emergency-based businesses. So it kind of gives a nice balance, I think, for people who are looking in this industry to have a, a, a choice over what kind of lifestyle they're going to have to their business. Yeah, I agree. And the two that aren't emergency, they're almost a little bit, especially soft rock, it has a little bit of an artistic piece to it. Yeah. It is really transformational. And talk about satisfying. And the driveway company as well, this idea of repairing or honoring what you own, right, right. And, and making it either more livable or extending the life of it. Um, I think people love their homes, and they raise their families there, their businesses, et cetera. And I love the angle that those businesses have that really is, it's creative. It really sure. is. So, again, not emergency. can be very artistic these days. (laughs) You know, you just won't be getting a call at 2 in the morning to fix your driveway. But to your point, that's a lifestyle, right? Right, right. Well, and I think what's interesting, you know, we used to say when I I worked in home improvement, um, even with the economy ups and downs, right? So if, if you're not buying a new house, you're living in your old house. And talk about your driveway, talk about soft rock. Those are things that still you either improve where you are or there are still those things to do in your new home to make it your own. So um, have you found that these four companies, uh, or if maybe there's some that were and some that weren't, how did they fare COVID uh, situation? Well, we didn't have the driveway company or soft rock during COVID. So those are fairly new companies. For Restoration One and Blue Frog Plumbing, they fared very well. Again, emergency services, especially disinfection, um, where Restoration One was able to pick up um, a lot of work 
um, and was able to focus and serve their community very well, um, they, they did well. Again, plumbing, you, your toilet gives, you have to fix it. So, yeah. you know, whatever's happening. And again, restoration, because of the nature of the service, there's yeah. a lot of variety in there that you can be very flexible depending sure. on what's happening around you. Okay. Now, in all of these, you know, we talk to a lot of people from all over the country who are looking for different types of models. Do you have any, you're at over 480 locations, are there any specific markets that you would like to see any of these brands really um, maybe start to grow in at this time? Well, we're really open with the driveway company in Stockrock, and so those are just great opportunities in most places like that's just you know not all blue sky but a lot of blue sky sure when you're when you're talking about restoration one and blue thoughts for that for that matter when you're talking about restoration one where we really have a lot of units we really we're, we're in the primary market i think there's huge opportunity in secondary and tertiary markets mm -hmm. these are markets where people are moving to right so they are communities that are growing and growing rapidly they just don't come up to the the tier one you know market you know chicago or dallas etc right. but there are really amazing markets that have huge opportunity um and are experiencing big growth right now i think you can cross have a bunch of things and get to some pretty exciting places well that's actually a really good point because one of the things when i try to match people with um a franchise is for them to think about not only you know what do they want their life to be in the next five to ten years but where do you want to live yeah and so you know when you think of things like that you know and let's just say like, I'll, I'll pick you know abc usa right where i want to live and it's a smaller town now but you know it's certainly seen some of those growth uh, advantages up in the near future are those um Let's take Restoration One or the driveway company. Do you sell those as territories? Um, how do you define a territory if somebody were looking for something like that? Population. So okay. population based. Yep. And um, and again, for Restoration One, I mean, we're looking at different size territories. Depends, it depends what you're looking to do, right? Uh -huh. And I personally think I've, there's been many successful people that run these franchises without living in their Sure. I have a preference that people want to be in the community that they're in because that's the networking yeah. that makes this thing. You know, right. it, especially for restoration, where it really you don't you don't get a lot every day, right? Sure. And so it really is who do you know when something starts to happen? Yeah, and you want to relate. Yeah, when you live in your community, you just are better adept. Positions to be available, I think. Sure. Do you have any of these brands? That, you know, I always like to think about um, brands that are complementary to one another. And so, in looking at your list, you know, something like the Driveway Company and Soft Rock might be two brands that, you know, do you have opportunities where people might look to buy maybe a package of one Driveway Company, one Soft Rock? Yes. And we like them in the same market. Right. So that, again, you get the, you get the ability to use your crews efficiently you can sell efficiently but yeah those two brands are an excellent example that bought together uh -huh. um, in the same market can really be utilized in a broader way awesome and and tell me i assume you may have slightly different 
criteria, but what type of entrepreneur type people are you looking for to buy into these brands? Yes, boy, there's there's an interesting background, I think, of people. So you you get the, um, the, do they call them the corporate refugees? I think I might have been one of them, (laughs) like a corporate refugee. Mm -hmm. They're super interesting to me to work with because they come with so many skills. And and by skills, I mean, they understand to some degree marketing, sales, the financial piece. So they're interesting because they they come at it with kind of that that experience, which is an interesting experience in a small business. Yes. Um, I've also seen really successful um, people that have come in because they've either worked in a restoration business. And they just are entrepreneurial by nature or they're in construction and they come in because they've seen the opportunity in construction. They're really great transplants because they come in and they understand the industry and they also understand the hustle. Mm -hmm. And it's the hustle sometimes. I think that's the secret thought. Yeah. Um, And then Blue Frog is really interesting because traditionally it's hard for a for Plumbers running their own companies is a very difficult combination. Mm -hmm. But we are getting corporate refugees who are looking at the map and are realizing I can partner with a plumber or I can buy a small plumbing company and convert it. And I can make that plumber's life much more pleasant than the life they've been living. And I can bring a level of professionalism up within my community and I can I can garner a lot of market share. Right. So plumbing I think is really interesting um, for lots of backgrounds. And I think it's got a stigma that if you don't want to be the plumber, you shouldn't own that franchise. I actually think our franchisees have figured out that you don't have to be the plumber. Mm-hmm. You yeah. define the plumber. That's hard. Good plumbers are hard. But a lot of plumbers are out there struggling with a, a one-man business. Right. right. And what a combination. Well, Elizabeth, I'm sure you're going to go there, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I actually want to back into that a little bit. Um, so the last time you and I spoke, you were COO. Uh, so this is a relatively new role for you, right? So in terms of being the one the, in leadership, Um, there's so much that's been going on. I want to talk about two different things. One is, how are you leading through this worker shortage that we've experienced, especially in in the trades? Um, How has your perspective changed from role, the previous role to this role? And how are you working on that problem of worker shortages and retention? Um, Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, the, Back at Mary Maids all those years ago, we were constantly dealing with worker shortage, mm. you know, even before this. And so we've always had this uh, little bit of, um, we've got the work, you know, enough people to do the work. Mm. So it's only gotten worse, obviously. Yeah. Um, and so it's always, but it's always been there. And I think it's the home services that's just a hard part of it and has been because it is hard work. And it's sometimes dirty work. 
Um, and so I, you know, it's funny you asked a couple things. As CEO versus COO, I feel the same with my responsibility to the franchisees to provide real solution and not just talk to there, um, you know, or emails or whatever, where they kind of roll their eyes and go, thanks, and they try they get back to the real work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, thanks. Appreciate it. And you know, we'll talk to you in three more months. Mm-hmm. So we've done a lot of thinking about the the short the, the employee the employee shortage the worker shortage and our franchisees are constantly talking about it and we've engaged a really great uh, group of consultants who are helping us with franchisee support business acumen etc. And the area where we focus have focused so far in is really emphasizing the importance of culture. Mm-hmm. You can go out and spend a lot of money on advertising for employees. You can spend a lot of money on crafting the right help-wanted message. Mm-hmm. You can have tons of interviews. You can do tons of hires. But once they start, if there's nothing there mm-hmm. that is sticky for yep. them to belong to, you will lose them just as fast. Yep. And so our message, of course, as a franchisor, we are not, I I can't be responsible for the franchisee's hiring, Mm -hmm. but I am responsible to share best practices and tools that they can take and use, or even case studies that we can share that that kind of guide. And even within our own networks, we have examples where franchisees who are highly invested in their culture do not have a hiring shortage. Hmm. In fact, when people in the community find out what a great place they are to work, they have people waiting. We have a Blue Frog owner. That is literally the reputation he has in this market. He does not have a shortage. He can find plumbers. He can find what he needs because the word has spread in the plumbing community Hmm. that this is the real deal. They care about me. They care about families. They pay fairly. Mm-hmm. I can make more money if I perform. Yep. And people are driven toward that. Someone who is in a really tough spot for hiring, that sounds like a bunch of hooey, right? It's like, no, just give me an ad, and I need to be able to go find the right people. Yeah. I submit to you that I honestly believe if there's no there behind the door after you've hired, Absolutely. you're not going to solve your problem. And it's even more important in this day and age. I think people are looking for meaning. Mm-hmm. People are looking for belonging. And they're looking for my job matters. Mm-hmm. Right. That's and so if good. you can do that, good people come and good people bring good people. Yeah. So that's where we have been focused. We have rolled out mission and values at Stellar. We are working this year to not just talk them, but to actually say, are we living them and just keeping them in front of us as a way to say, can we, can we live this in a way that our franchisees can see, even as a franchisor? Mm-hmm. I can attract, as a franchisor, great talent because there's something here that people want to be part of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had a conversation this morning in another interview, and that franchisor was talking about being able to show uh, the, the, the most entry-level worker a path to success, like a concrete path. We will show you, we will hire you, we will train you, we will support you, and these are the things you can accomplish. 
yeah. if you follow this path. And she said that has really made a huge difference for them in terms of retention. So are you seeing that kind of thing as, as part of that strategy, showing them what you're, that they are there? Yes. Yeah. And I think we have a lot of work to do in all candor. We have a lot of work to do forward to get tactical. Because again, this is still talking, right? And people, and, and again, a franchisee or even us in a hiring crunch, it sounds like, oh, God, I don't have time to deal with that. We need both, right? And well, and really, you don't have time not to deal with it. Exactly. Because it's, it's far more expensive and costly to your business in so many ways if you're bringing them in the front door and they're walking out the back door at the same pace. You know, in, Having a Molly made myself, I certainly can see and understand completely with that after you went through it with Mary Maids too. And I think a lot of these, you know, whether they're putting in driveways or they're throwing down a rubber mulch. there are several I'll call them as live within an umbrella brand right so I'm part of neighborly which is huge right and, and you guys have four brands the two newest brands that you referenced um, being the driveway company and soft rock um, how many franchises do you have at this point in both of those models um, we're probably around 25 to 30 in the model okay. in each model um, and and again small group sure. but a dynamic leader the president of the two, we have one president over the two brands, which awesome. um, Kristen, to your question about, uh, do these make a good sense in pairing? Yes, yes. they do. Um, and she's really dynamic, Courtney Carmen. And I have to say that enthusiasm that she has with the, these emerging brands and the enthusiasm of the owners, it's just got this incredible energy. Right. Um, and so, yeah. Small but mighty, and again, word is spreading. And you know, the crazy part is we we do a job, and people come to check it out. That's our kind of yeah. a little bit of a discovery day. And the next thing you know, they're signing because yeah. they see it. It's like you see it. I went and did a job last year, and I'm on my knees traveling, and I looked at Courtney and I said, I need this needs to be my backup. Like if yeah. everything goes south. I think I need to do this job. Like it's yeah. totally satisfying. Um, and I can do it. Like here I am. You know, it's just exactly. really great. So it's like you look at it, you're like, oh my gosh, this is, I can get my head around this. You know, it's not yeah. taking, you know, moisture mapping and doing sure. all kinds of things and stuff for restoration. Yeah. It's color, it's covering, it's, you know, it's, yeah. it's fabulous. It's kind of therapeutic, right? It's therapeutic. <laughs> I know if I'm having a really bad week, I want to go out and clean with the girls because there's something about walking away from it. But um, the thing I wanted to bring up about um, about stellar brands that a lot of people don't realize is even though you have these smaller brands, by being a part of an umbrella or a conglomerate of brands, the nice thing is I have to assume that these newer emerging brands are getting a lot of support and a lot of best practices from Restoration One and from Blue Frog. Is that accurate for you? Yes. It gives us, um, it gives us, 
when you think about the function of finance, you can put it across, right? When you think about so certain shared services, they get the benefit of that and the talent that you can bring with that. Mm -hmm. um, from a brainstorming perspective, you get the opportunity to be with peers. Right. So, you know, even as leadership or as our franchise consultants, you have peers across other groups and there's a benefit to that. Yep. For our convention this year, for the first time, we had all the franchisees together, even though they had separate kind of conventions. Right. And my point from the stage was, well, why the heck would we do this, right? Well, you're all small business owners. That's right. You're all dealing with recruiting. You're all dealing with profit issues. Yes. You have that in common, no right. matter what. And watching the energy of that, I was even more than I was. I used to see that at Service Master. Yeah. But this was so much smaller. And you were like, dude, I hope this works okay. Right, you know, right, right. Here's Restoration One, and here's TV, Soft Lock, and Blue Lock. Yeah. yeah. Everybody was in the mix. And awesome. what a great way. And then, you know, we're walking the million dollars people across. And we have Blue Bob walking across the stage. So it's like, yeah. There they are. Everybody. Yeah. So we're in TDC Soft Rock. One of the, the driveway company owners who will see if it happens, I know it's going to, he was like, I'll be that next year. And he will. I know yeah. he will. Well, let me ask you, Liz, you, you brought up the convention as we were kind of chatting beforehand, too. And you did something kind of interesting with the trades people and the women in trades. Can you tell us about that? Actually, Courtney, my dynamo over the driveway company in Soft Rock, she had started um, the year before we had regional meetings because of COVID. Mm -hmm. and so, it, you know, COVID was kind of passing, but we just didn't want to have everybody together and have something to So she had her group together. And she had, I wonder if I still have it here, she had the women get together for a cocktail hour and she had driveway beaded and everyone wore a banner. Was that not the cutest thing? Awesome. It was great. And so as we were planning convention, she really spearheaded, let's do women in the trade. And we sent out an invitation to any owner, to any employee that was coming, to our vendors. We had so many people show up. That's awesome. And it was just fun. Um, there was, we had a, you know, we just had a couple words at the beginning. We, we really see this as kind of kicking off, and we'll let the group kind of decide how this goes. Yes. But people, you know, as women will, I stood up high and looked down on everything because we were taking pictures, the park was taking pictures, and so you did this view. Yes. You didn't see anybody standing to the side awkwardly, like having no one to talk to. And it was everybody intermingling, and it was just, we were surprised at the turnout. Yeah, that was very surprising to us. Not that we didn't think people would come, but that so many people came. Mm -hmm. They stayed the whole time. It had to get busted up because I thought, you know, if we get halfway through and kind of be like, what's going to happen here? Um, the the men of the convention, because we were, it started to show up on the edges, you know, and you're like, yeah. no, really, you can come in. It's okay. <laughs> so many people just found it valuable. So awesome. to be determined as we go forward, we've been brainstorming some things, but we think yeah. an annual convention is a great place yeah. to touch Jones, um, to really just encourage people 
um, especially mm -hmm. around those, these are women who have been in the trade and doing it. And to look around, you're like, yeah, yeah. Cool people here. <laughs> well, and it's funny because much like you said, much like you said, women and in community, in their businesses and professions, I mean, that's just got to make them feel belonging. Yeah. Well, you know, what's interesting is to that point, um, I think of uh, Carrie Turner, who she and her husband own their business, right? And so within that business, there's maybe a couple women, right? Not a lot. And so right, right. to come into a group where it's like a lot of women, look at us all. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> well, and, who, and if you think about it, and this is where I think that um, often as I talk with people, again, who are looking to buy franchises, there's kind of the tradition that women look for, you know, let's say a maid brand or they look for schools or STEM activities. Or, but the reality is these big, large projects, most decisions are driven by the wife or by the female, right? So the, the husband may say, this is what, we're, you know, it's time we're going to get this done, but well, what do you think? And all the design stuff, all the final details are left up to women. And so I happen to think that, seeing women in the trades and seeing women own a lot of these businesses happen to be very, very beneficial. Um, so I'm excited to hear that you've got some great, great ladies out there who are interested in it. Um, for more great ladies and gentlemen who are out there interested in these brands, can you kind of give us a guide of uh, kind of the, the low to high terms of investment level that you're looking for your franchisees to have? It doesn't have to be exact, but just kind of a ballpark. Yeah, I, I would say, you know, between the franchise, it, it, I'm going to leave that for the inquiries because things sure. vary. When right. you're on the driveway, uh, excuse me, when you're on the restoration one, and the restoration one side, you've got your franchise fee, and then you have an initial vehicle, and you have an equipment package. You have right. to start with initial equipment package, and there's ranges here, right? Sure. Once you and you've got to you've got to decide: Are you going to start with a salesperson, mm -hmm. and you're going to produce the work, yep. or are you going to do a technician, and um, you're going to sell? You typically do one or the other, right? So right. between the franchise fee, the cost of the vehicle, the cost of your equipment package, and then your initial who's on your staff with you. Now again, you may decide I'm going to sell it, produce it until I get the work flowing, but in short order, you're going to have to have someone. Absolutely. So the Blue Frog, same thing. You're going to have your franchise fee. Yep. And on the restoration side, you get a size um, territory, too, that will impact mm -hmm. the fee. For Blue Frog, you have franchise, franchise fee. You're going to need a van, and it's a different van, right? And it's less equipment heavy because you're dealing with water heaters, et cetera, that you can do on consignment. Mm -hmm. um, but you, you are either the plumber or you're gonna to have to hire a plumber, and that's, right. going to, that's going to be expensive. Sure. Initially, but you get that truck moving in in quick order. You've turned that. Yep. The the hurdles for TDC Soft Rock are much less. Right. You're going to need a your franchise fee. You're going to need a vehicle, but your product is purchased in accordance with your job. So you have initial product um, commitment, but from there on, you're ordering as you produce. And then it's labor. So and are, these, are those two bottles brick and mortar or more home-based, or do they have flexibility between the two? I would say flexibility. 
Okay. Um, so for TDC Soft Rock, you can start home based. Okay. Um, because again, you've got your vehicle and your crews are going to a job. And right. in short order, you'll want something. There is an element where your customer will want to see um, options. And so yeah. we think that there might be some sort of a benefit to having a, a showroom or a way to bring samples where people right. can see things. Yep, sample boards. Again, it hasn't been totally fleshed out, but almost like carpet, right? You, right. you don't buy carpet without seeing something. Right. Um, I think Blue Frog, I think you have to have a place. Sometimes your equipment is stored there, like if you're doing a, a, a program with Home Depot where you're doing that. Um, I think you can get there over time. You can start small, and I think you can go large. I think restoration, you can start small. You can start uh, with your home. But we, in short order, a restoration company needs a space where they're housing their equipment. So, the, again, equipment's going out on jobs. So you eventually you're gonna you have enough equipment where you can't stack it in your garage, yeah. <laughs> or you don't want your techs coming with three trucks backing into your you know your suburb and you know, getting equipment out of your garage. Yep, yep, absolutely. Well, I think that's that's good. And and for those of you listening who are thinking, well, what does all this mean? I, I don't really have an exact number. I mean, the examples of the driveway company and of um, soft rock. Obviously, those are much lower investment. So, Sherry, if they want to go in and they want to look at one of the four brands here, where is the best place for them to find you or find the company so that they can reach out for an inquiry? Yes, I would go um, right to the uh, – we have websites on the web. Websites on the web. I would go <laughs> right in. How about that? We're, not, we're on the World Wide Web. Um, I would go right to the website, and okay. you can get information that way. Okay, excellent. And we will have all of those URLs posted for our listeners and viewers um, on PillarsOfFranchising.com. And we would like to thank you for taking time and congratulations for having these great four brands and being the woman warrior out there amongst them. And uh, I'd certainly like to talk to your, um, to your lady who, who is driving the driveway company and Soft Rock as well, because I think that's very exciting. And I happen to be one of those ladies who loves to be in that space. So super exciting to me. Looks like a great opportunity for people. Again, remember, um, you have the driveway company in Soft Rock, which would be uh, lower investments, and the territory is wide open. So if you'd like some more information, visit us at www.pillarsoffranchising.com. And Sherry, we hope to catch up with you again maybe 12 months or so and see how things are going with your company and or as you make more acquisitions into the seller brands. Great. Thank you both. So much fun. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Nice to meet you. Take care. Hey, franchise owners. How is your local marketing? Do you feel like you could use some help keeping up with your social media posts and comments and reviews? Do you wonder if you could be doing more to attract local customers? Are you able to identify new movements to your local area? At Westvine, we help franchisees like you reach more local customers through digital marketing. With daily monitoring, creative content, ad placement, and customer data intelligence, we'll get your business in front of the people who want your products or services. We also work with franchisors who need an agency to handle the digital marketing for all of their locations. If you're ready to reach more local customers, give us a call at 805 265 5440 or visit us at westvine.com. 
That's 805-265-5440 or westvinewithay.com. Hey, Ray. Ray, you're pulling in Elizabeth. Yes, I did. <laughs> Even though I was thinking about it. It's not too often when I get a chance to uh, talk on the show. Yeah, well, it's good to see you. Same here. Hey, you know, uh, one of the things that the uh, we have a little conversations after every show, and last week's show we were talking a little bit about our great guests that we had, uh, three fantastic personalities, uh, all uh, franchisors, and uh, I thought that maybe we could just talk a little bit about them today, and maybe uh, if they're listening, we can ask them to come on individually because we thought. Uh, I think the uh, consensus was after the show that, wow, we could have had them all on individually because they have so much to give to the uh, franchise industry. So, I don't know, uh, I think Jerry's... He and I are both on the same page. They are they're phenomenal ladies. Of... Yeah, they were, they were phenomenal, Ray, and lots of good information there. One of the things that I wanted to point out... Um, that I really took to heart, and we talked about a little bit after the show last week, was it was amazing as you hear what emerging franchisors go through as they're building their model. And to me, being a franchisee of different, uh, different models, you know, I, in my mind, I'm checking all of those boxes and thinking, well, geez, that's what we go through as a franchisee and so on. So it was, for me, it was enlightening seeing the struggles that those emerging franchisors go through and how it is directly proportional to what we go through as franchisees and, and so similar. Uh, did yep. you take that as well? Oh, definitely. It, it, it is a struggle. And I think that's one of the things that our audience needs to know. It, it's hard when you get started. And it's sort of, I, I don't know if you want to call it refreshing, but interesting to, to note that even, even the uh, franchise uh, ors are having the same struggle when they get started, you know, at, but what, at the same point, we need to also recognize that if 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 you want to take the chance on one of these new franchisors, that's the, that's the best way to go. If, if if you're willing to take the risk along with them, you know it's it it's there for the taking. It's there. Well, and you know, you and I've talked a little bit about how you can have a bigger impact in a franchise system if you get in when they're emerging as opposed to when they're mature. Because when they're mature, you're just one of many franchisees. When they're emerging, they're actually looking to you to kind of break the model and figure out where the problems are and maybe even add some things from your corporate experience or something to grow it. So you have way more impact on it, you know, when they're an emerging franchise system. Now, yes, there is a little more risk, but I found it interesting, you know, when they were talking about their cash flow struggles and needing to have cash infusions and borrowing money and things like that. That's exactly what we go through as franchisees. Uh, they talked about making it scalable, and most franchisees need to be thinking from that perspective because then my next point would be, you know, in every franchise system, you get to a point where it is kind of running on its own. You've hired uh, the right people to run it, but that takes money and those kinds of things. So making sure that we understand that as a franchisee, you've got to get to a certain number of units before you can do those kinds of things, just like the franchisor does. And then I always, this is one of my mantras, 
I think Karen talks about it quite often. And it's, it's hire smart people. In fact, I argue hire smarter people than you are because you got it going. You put the hard stuff in, but they have the skills to take it to the next level. Ray, you're muted again. I'm sure it was a great point, but. Sorry, I thought I unmuted myself. The dogs were barking and I didn't, <laughs> uh, didn't want that to cover up your speech. But uh, one of the things I did want to do is mention all their names uh, so that our audience could, could kind of refresh their, their memory. And that was Stephanie Ryan Coffee, and she was the uh, co-founder and CEO of Frenchie's Modern Nail Care, Anna Phillips, the founder and chief innovative officer of the Lash Lounge, and Shane Evans, and co-founder of the uh, Massage Heights. So uh, fantastic guests. Uh, but uh, I guess Fred is reminding me that we are going to go to a commercial right now. But So we'll just go ahead and do that, I guess. As usual, thank you for joining Pillars of Franchising. We appreciate every single one of you. Um, we want to give a shout out to our sponsors, the Titus Center for Franchising at Palm Beach Atlantic University. You can find them on the college's website. Also, Franchise Show 247, which can be found at franchiseshow247.com. And we couldn't do it without our sponsors, and we appreciate their support. Don't forget, we love to have call-in guests. Our number to call in is 323-580-5755. That is 323-580-5755. If you have questions for our guests or for any of our Million Dollar Mentors, we welcome you to call in at any time on the show. We will do our very best to answer your calls. Stay tuned. More coming up. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining us today. We want to thank uh, Sherry Rose of Stellar Brands, Stellar Service Brands. Please be sure to like, share, and comment on this episode. Thank you to Jerry Akers and Ray Pillar, our Million Dollar Mentors, for their insight and wisdom. Thanks, as always, to Fred McMurray, our producer. I'm Elizabeth Denham, and together we are your resource for franchising success. This has been Pillars of Franchising, and the dream starts here.